For three generations, B.J. David's family has served chili spaghetti, conies, and more as the owner of Gold Star Chili Restaurants. B.J.'s immigrant grandfather is one of four founders of the Gold Star chain. He followed his grandfather and father into the restaurant business, becoming a franchise owner. But in 2008, B.J. wanted a change. He decided to hang up his apron and started looking for a sales position. He had a polished resume and was networking, but there were no calls and no offers. As a restaurant owner, he paid the people who cleaned the windows and carpets very well. So in true entrepreneurial fashion, BJ got some gear, packed it into a Ford Explorer, knocked on doors, and started his own business washing windows. Today, he owns Mellow Window and Carpet Cleaning and manages a team of 20 employees. I'm Rob Braun, and this is BJ David's take on how you make it, presented by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC. So, BJ, how long did you manage restaurants before you decided, that's eh, not what I want to do? <laughs> uh, didn't take too many late Friday nights and Saturday <laughs> nights uh, or holidays to make that decision. But I was involved as a child, uh, working, working for Dad because I wanted to. Yeah. But uh, I went straight out of college into the business officially, and I believe it was uh, 10 or 11 years that I was uh, officially involved. So was that just the accepted route? I mean, you were expected to work in the restaurant business, right? I was not expected to. Oh. I think probably more the other family did, but uh, my father was completely open to me doing anything I wanted. Well, that's interesting. I was I thought you were going to tell me the exact opposite of that. No, he I think he wanted me to go do something else. Yeah. But I looked up to my father, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. It was probably more of me um, than him. That's interesting. I had a lot of other family who assumed I would, and all of my friends assumed I would. Yeah. That's kind of what people thought about me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It was the same. So it was the late nights in the, the 24-7 routine of a chili parlor that got you to thinking, I need something else. Well, it's tough in retail uh, when you have to open the doors, and maybe you're shorthanded. Uh, one of the most difficult things is when the folks you do have working with you are working as hard as they can and people are still upset because you're shorthanded the people on the floor uh, somebody comes through the drive-thru and you say hey I'm shorthanded today I can give you 10% off tomorrow if you come back they're on their lunch break yeah they need their food today in the yeah. business I'm in today if we have to reschedule something it's usually pretty easy to do yeah and you're generally I would guess general business hours in the business you have now not many window cleaning emergencies at midnight. <laughs> I bet that's true. Do a lot of people call in sick? I, rem I used to run restaurants, and I, that was my biggest fear and biggest problem. Well, I promised myself I would not run this business desperate. I promised myself um, that I would not get out in front of my skis, so to speak. Yeah. And so we've been very diligent about trying to hire. And, of course, uh, we have the occasional pink eye Monday and things like that. But we really do have a great staff. We've got about 20 people currently yeah. and uh, everybody wants hours. Everybody wants to work. So what about uh, windows and carpets got your attention? The work was so simple. We used to kind of uh, lovingly make fun of the folks we had to do it in the restaurants. Yeah. We just said, man, that guy just came in here and, and got paid 30, 40 bucks in 20 minutes. Boy, that math sounds good. 
And when nobody called me at all for an interview or to, to offer me a sales position, uh, it was just kind of in a corner. Yeah. So you decided to buy some gear and put it in the car and what? Uh, well, that gear was just a couple hundred dollars worth of window cleaning equipment, uh, carpet cleaning truck. Um, I didn't even know anything about it. I did not grow up very handy. I would still say I'm not. That's interesting. <laughs> um, but I, I come to find out that uh, a carpet cleaning truck, brand new, is is almost a hundred thousand dollar purchase. Yeah. So, um, bought some window cleaning gear, uh, borrowed a ladder, and like like you mentioned, I basically started knocking on doors to get business. What happened and led to the carpet cleaning was that the customers, the way we were going in and out of the house, or I was, because I was by myself, yeah. the way I was going in and out of the house, customers were constantly asking me for a referral to a carpet cleaner. Oh. I saw an opportunity to make one household two, two jobs. Get two tickets out of one household. Two tickets out of one house. That makes and all the so sense. And so I found, um, I, I met somebody actually through the restaurant business who had started a carpet cleaning company, and I subbed work to him for about a year. Mm-hmm. He knew that I was probably going to end up with my own truck, and sure enough, about a year later, I, I bought a used truck, not nearly a $100,000 uh, <laughs> vehicle at the time, and started cleaning carpet um, as well as the windows. So I'm anxious to hear if you're like the others we're talking to who are entrepreneurs, who never had a, an occasion to think, I'm not going to make it. And you strike me as someone who has the confidence to think, oh, this is going to work. Oh, I wish I could say I felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know this is audio only. I would show you a, uh, a, a, a photo on my phone that shows kind of a, a day in the life of an entrepreneur where it's just, you know, one minute you're on top of the world and the next it is crumbling. Yes. And it's, it's a constant up and down. It is. I, I, will, I will agree with you. <laughs> it is up and down. Really and you is. hope there are more ups than downs. Yeah. But I, I always tell people that it's about the ride, right? Sure. You didn't start cleaning windows because you thought you were going to get rich. You thought it was going to be a really good business and you're going to be a happy man. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I looked at the competition. I said, well, I think I can, I think I can have a leg up on competition with the with the, all the experience I got from the family business and from a traditional franchise concept, uh, that structure and all that experience was so valuable. Yeah. Is that what transferred because you had all of that background? I knew how to take care of a customer, and I yeah. had hired and and let go of and, and you know dealt with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of employees over the years. That was another leg up. I knew when I uh, grew enough to possibly bring another person on, I knew I could do it right. And that back-of-the-house stuff about the numbers and the accounting and the banking and done relationships, all, yeah. that's the same for this business, for that business, and for the next one, right? Numbers are the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and relationships with um, banks are an important element to have. What other things would you value in encouraging someone to start a business? What do you have to have? You have to have tough skin. You're yeah. going to get a lot of no's no matter what business you're in. And you have to be able to uh, you have to be able to see a little bigger picture. You, True. You, yeah. you know the the ups and downs will occur. They'll occur on a daily basis. Sometimes they'll occur on an hourly basis. Uh, you got to have a way to unplug and and see past that and just get to the next day. Yeah. Let the next day unfold and and try to move forward. 
So part of the things that was, uh, I think it was advantageous to you, at least on paper, was that you weren't gonna, you were going to be able to disengage. But when you're owning the business, it still is 24-7, even if your doors aren't open, right? Because you're thinking about it. You never how, stop thinking about it. You don't. But how do you manage that? Well, when I left the restaurant business, um, you're right. I still thought about this new business 24 hours a day. But when it was closed, because I was only open during regular business hours, it was closed. I yeah. didn't, even though I was thinking about it, I did not have an employee or folks who are calling me with issues, concerns, uh, problems. And that was a form of disconnecting yeah. because we were closed. And uh, part of our business today, uh, a lot of our competition is open 24 hours a day. On oh, the really? On the carpet cleaning side for like restoration, people who have oh, yeah. floods, um, you know, leaks, we really don't take the work. Ah. My, you know, the folks we hire... Uh, they work during the week. They get their 40 hours in. Sometimes it's 50. Sometimes it's 35. But, like, I want to be at home with my family. So do they. Yeah. So we've really embraced not doing that that overnight, third shift, weekend, holiday emergency work. We don't take it. So what was the key to expanding your business? Did you just run it until you couldn't run it alone anymore and then add one more? Or how did that happen? Oh, yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'll never forget. Um, I basically started you know, January 1 of 09, and I called my father, um, I think, on November 4th or 5th. And I said, Dad, I've, I've, I've booked the whole month. I'm already booked the whole month out. But that was still by myself. Um and I think by the next by the next summer, I, I brought a helper on. Yeah, took a couple buddies out and paid them cash to help me on a job here or a job there. But then by next summer, had an employee. Yeah, and that grew it. Did, I mean, so well, here's I'm, what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah. You, often in a business, uh, you're the entrepreneur. You have to go backwards to go forward because you were booked out and you were keeping that money, and then you got to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. But you don't have him booked out for a month, so you're going this way down on your money, your mm -hmm. cash, your mm -hmm. take to go forward. Did you feel that? I've, uh, I knew it, but I've always been a bit of a gunslinger. Yeah. Um, it kind of a jump off the cliff, look for your parachute. <laughs> <laughs> While you're in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that I, I'd be lying if I, if I said that wasn't my style. Yeah. Um, but no question. I mean, today we have, I have people on salary. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't go out and clean. He, he's still getting paid, yeah. but that's just, it's part of how we're managing, uh, the number of people and the number of customers we deal with now. And payroll is one of the biggest things an entrepreneur has to deal with because that doesn't go away. It's, it's just a constant, constant. And you're always worried about it being taken advantage of or misused. Maybe even if it's not being taken advantage of, but it's just being Mis, you know, misused. Yeah. Um, and then when things slow down, I mean, goodness, talk about talk about you know stressful nights or yeah or days and weeks when you know payroll runs coming and uh, you're in a slow period or schools back in session and folks just aren't thinking about those kind of services. That's the other thing. A lot of people who say, "Oh, I'd love to work for myself because then I'll make a lot of money, be in charge of my time, uh, I'll be free to do this and that," but it's not the case. Because I, I think you'll agree with this, that it goes up 
and then it goes down. Then it goes up, and then maybe you stay up for a little while, and then you go down. But the, it's never going to stay here and likely not going to stay here unless you're really doing something wrong. No, and if you take the most successful person you know, maybe they're making so much money that they truly are insulated from, yeah. from trouble. They're still concerned and stressed out about things in their business. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's, I think the most unappreciated part um, of owning a business from folks who want to is the, uh, the lack of understanding of how much liability really is on your shoulders. It's frightening sometimes. I mean, I, I used to try to not, still, I try not to think about it, but it is, you just learn to manage the constant mm-hmm. stress, but there's always stress. Yeah, I mean, when when you're responsible for anything that breaks or uh, an employee being hurt or uh, knowing that you're helping 20 families feed themselves and pay their bills, uh, workflow, it it just, the list is never ending. Yeah, especially if you care about your employees. Sure. I mean, and you have to if you're going to keep good ones, I think. You have to today. I really do believe that I'm an encourager. Mm Um. But I I try to caution them as much as possible. If you have some dream idea and you have, whether it's the money or the time behind you to afford the opportunity, go for it. On the flip side, if you are in a spot where... um, your family and the constraints on your time will demand that you only do this in the middle of the night and and you have to give up sleep, you know, I don't know if I would consider that. Of course, it's the American way to just, I I work harder than you, I sleep less than you, I'm more stressed than you, but I don't think that's the best way to live. So somebody's got a dream and they can afford the time or it's the time in their life when they can afford that, uh, that, that new effort. Great. Go for it. If, um, if you got young kids, you got uh, tough, tough work life. It can really be a difficult, difficult endeavor. It's true. I, I often tell people that it has to be something you can't not do. You know what I mean? It's driving you so hard mm-hmm. that you just have to do it. Um, it's the only way you're going to make it because it's tough. I, I don't care how good your setup is, but being an entrepreneur with a brand new idea off the ground to market and get it to market, make money live on what you make, which mm-hmm. is the secret. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a tough road. Real tough, but fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't trade a thing. Sure. So you have a relationship with Heritage Bank. So to what degree have you been helped by a community bank? Well, leaving the restaurant business, I was looking for a bank. Um, I joined a networking group uh, called BNI. And there was a representative from Heritage Bank in the group. Uh, she welcomed me in. I went and met with Joni. Um, she has been with me ever since. And she has, she's financed trucks. She's put a line of credit in place for our business. Um, I cannot tell you how much time I've spent with her um, and the amount of help that she's given me. She set up uh, accounts for the, ch- the kids yeah. over the years. So, I mean, it's, it, it's ended up being uh, a very personal relationship and a business relationship. You know, I wouldn't go anywhere else right now. That's a community bank in a nutshell. Sure. When you walk in, you still see Joni. 
I mean, that, a lot of these other big banks, it's it's Joni this week, it's Billy the next week, and, you know. I I, I went that route uh, in, in a prior life. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I would stay small bank, <laughs> for sure. What did you do to develop your brand? Was it grassroots mainly, or did you advertise anywhere? Or? I've had a number of people ask us uh, if we were a franchise. I have to presume that my Gold Star experience... Uh, bled over into that. I, I really, again, being a gunslinger, jumping off the cliff, um, people said, you know, you, are you a franchise? How'd you come up with that name? Well, the young lady sitting next to me is Ella, and her little brother is Mac. I put their <laughs> names together. It's Mella. That's it. That's it. Ella, did you know that when your dad set this up? Um, yeah, when I'm trying to remember, because honestly, I was so young when my dad started Mella, but I do remember the conversation about the name because my, my little brother, uh, he's only two years younger, but he's still little, was very offended that I got my full name and he only got one letter because <laughs> <laughs> um, he got he got the M. So we like kind of conceded by saying, well, he got like the first letter, the one that got to be capitalized. That um, is and what I came up with. Yeah. I told him, you got the capital letter, buddy. Great line, Yeah, because, uh, you know, he was probably, he was four, five yeah. And then, yeah, so I would have been, you know, six or seven. And so we were like, well, you get the first letters, like you're special. I also remember specifically my mom being worried because she was like, should we be putting their names like on the side of the van? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, he's talking about the constant stress. But out of the two of my parents, I think my dad is the more chill all around. Your dad's working for himself. Everybody thinks that's the most chill anybody can be, which is not the case. But how, how did it work when your dad's working for himself? Are you feeling those ups and downs, or is he keeping that quiet? Um, I think my parents have always done a really good job of, you know, keeping myself and my brother out of any sort of worries um, yeah. in terms of the business and the finances. But especially as we've gotten older, I've gotten to see a little bit more of just how everything works and getting to hear more about how to run a business. Um, you know, my... I obviously will not be going with family, family business, but my brother um, is somebody who could potentially be doing entrepreneurship. And so um, just getting to hear kind of those conversations about how to run a business, I think, has always been very interesting. I think so, too. I'm, the reason I ask these questions is my daughter has wants to have nothing to do with working for herself. My son, on the other hand, and I are now partners in the business. So I think it doesn't, it's not everybody's game. Everybody doesn't feel what your daddy's feeling about running the business or owning one, or your mom too, for that matter. And do you work with your wife? I'm assuming you do. Almost everybody does. Absolutely not. No. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, she has helped me on a number of projects, uh, office related, because she's uh, she has taught computers before. Yeah. Um, she, she works in uh, Boone County school system and handles technology for a school. Uh, but we, we don't work together. Mm -hmm. no. Good for you. We, we spend every night together in yeah. the same, in the same room for, you know, eight hours. Yeah. That's great. I love it. We don't need two shifts. <laughs> uh, you know, I used to, I tell the kids, uh, kind of often, uh, when we're sitting in our cabin, that's, uh, you know, 500 miles north of here, um, we'll be having a great time. And, I, and I'll just remind them that when I was at the University of Kentucky, I did not major in window cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we did not, they, they still don't have a carpet cleaning program. A lot of times we might, we might fail our way into, into our, uh, our careers or, or where we, where we find our fit finally.
Yeah, I, very well said. I think so too. Um, because when you're, I mean, you ask a kid at 18 years old, what do you want to be when they go to college? I can't believe we do that. No, I can't either, but it, but that's what we do, and they have mm -hmm. to have a career path. And four years later, you hope it's the same one. It's often not. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think this one's going to stick. Yeah. I was one of the lucky ones who had figured it out, um, but I know most of my friends and my brother, who's just now a freshman at UK, are still, still figuring it out because it is a really – I just am one of those people, I think, who always likes to have things figured out. Yeah. So the second that I could, yeah, <laughs> I did. That's good. Is your mom like that? Yeah. yeah. That's definitely where I get it from. She she took different turns in her career as well, but I think we're kind of the same way in that we both really like to know exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen and everything. Yeah. And then my dad and my brother, it's kind of the entrepreneurial mindset of, yeah, just going with the flow and figuring it out. Yeah. So you still, BJ, sit on the board of Gold Star, so you're still attached to restaurants. I am. Um, I attend four or five meetings a year mm -hmm. uh, representing uh, our family block that still is part of the franchise uh, franchisor. And that's I get a lot of great exposure there and experience dealing with the company from from that perspective and seeing what they're still doing. Yeah. So that's been that's been helpful as well. Well, BJ, thanks very much. Ella, thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Whether you own a business or you want to start one, there's inspiration and sound advice from entrepreneurs in your own backyard. I'm Rob Braun, and I'm hosting a new podcast called How You Make It. Throughout my career on television, I own several small businesses, and I'm still at it. I love talking to my fellow entrepreneurs, and I learn something from every conversation. I think you will, too. How You Make It, presented by Heritage Bank, wherever you get your podcasts.